Hey guys, it's Jennifer Hall, Mother of Gratitude, and you're listening to Your Beautiful Day on the Gratitude Radio Network. We hope that you are having a beautiful day today, full of gratitude everywhere you go. And today I have with me Pearl Sharenza, my life coach. Hi, Pearl. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. It's exciting to be here with everybody and um, welcome our new guests. So I'm so excited that we're all here today and starting the year off amazingly well. And we're doing Neil Haley's show with us. Hey, Neil, how are you? Yeah, it's always great to simulcast at Jen. And I tell you, uh, anytime we talk business, it's just I get excited. I, I, it's funny. I'd rather kind of talk business now than sports, which is really weird. And I would never have thought that, but once you get become an entrepreneur, you constantly want to take nuggets from our guests, guests we get to talk to, especially when we get that opportunity. So introduce our guest. And so we have today, I am so excited because this is the business of we, and this is the business of Laura Krishka today. And we're so happy to have you on the on our show. Laura, how are you doing? Thanks, Jen. I'm delighted to be here. I'm really excited about a new year. Yes, we all want 2021 to come. So, you know, it's kind of like that process. Tell us, I mean, basically for your being the, as an author, tell us, you know, what your 2020 was like and now like the outlook in 2021 and how you feel going into it. And then we'll go to the questions. Sure. Well, uh, 2020 was rough uh, for all of us in different ways. And I didn't know it at the time. I was finishing the writing of The Business of We, uh, which is all about bridging us versus them divides. And when I started this book, I noticed I knew there were many us versus them divides in the workplace and beyond. But 2020 demonstrated that we have an epidemic of us versus them divides in our country. Uh, events recently have demonstrated that in an extreme fashion. So I feel like there's really no better time to be thinking about how to narrow gaps and how to bridge um, various culture gaps in the workplace and beyond. And that's what my book, The Business of We, is all about. And it's out tomorrow, January 12th. I'm so excited because I had the idea for this 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Oh, and wow. it's taken me all this time, in part because I have three kids who were then uh, eight, five, and two years old. <laughs> But I'm so excited that the book is launching and that I can share uh, this message because I think a we building mindset, a we building culture is what we really need in 2021. I couldn't agree with you more. And I understand, I mean, 10 years when people think of that, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, because they're going to see your book and think that you're an overnight success. <laughs> Not even close. But the timing of it's perfect though, you know? I totally agree with you, Jen. And I, um, so Laura, in, in reading a little bit about the book and like the timing of everything, um, with what's happened over the last year, like I agree with Jen, like everything happens for a reason. Like this is the time your book is needed in, in, in our world right now, right? So in taking that, what are some of the nuggets from the book that you can share with our listeners that will inspire them to kind of, you know, we are in this world of we versus them, you know? and not just a workplace, but in some families too, because there's different divides based on what their beliefs are. 
So in the book, what are some of the nuggets that we can look forward to reading and taking away with that? Great question, Pearl. Thank you very much. Um, one of the things that I've discovered over the past years, um, as I've worked with many different types of people, I've worked on four continents with huge companies and small companies. And I asked this question, I'd love to see if some of you wanna to respond to this question, but the question is, when you think of us versus them situations, when have you felt like a them, like the outsider? Because what I've discovered is everybody has felt like a them at yeah. some point in their lives. Sometimes it's situational, you know, you're the new kid, um, but for other people in certain um, places, they feel like a them every single day. Does yeah. anybody want it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean that, to my that, question? that can happen all the time in the specific things if you don't agree with specific circumstances, especially as a journalist getting the interview both sides all the time and mm -hmm. really try to be fair and balanced. I'm like, people say fair and balanced mm -hmm. that I've noticed, you know, if I have a differing opinion or I feel that that's really not, I just try to stay uh, even keel and just continue the conversation and mm -hmm. find common ground. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's very hard for people today more than ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful question, Laura, because, um, I, you know, I, I'm somebody who always tries to see both sides, like, okay, share with me why and why is it opinion, you know, important. I want to hear why. Sometimes you feel like, you, you know, you're open to listening. And when it comes time for you to share, well, I hear what you're saying, and I feel this way. The other side doesn't want to hear that part. It's like, you know, I think a little bit of what I'm seeing too is we're in a world also that they always have to be right, that there's no middle ground, right? And so that's a powerful question. And um, I, I, totally, I, I totally feel sort of like Neil said too, that if, you, if it's a different opinion, I'm open. I want to hear why, mm -hmm. you know, I want to know, understand your side of it so I can see it from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always reciprocate that way. Yeah, one of, I, I have in the book uh, kind of 10 rules for we building, um, 10 things you have to agree to if you have any hope of building connection. And one of those rules is that you have to be genuine. Um, you just have to be really authentic about wanting to bridge a gap. And so if the other person or other group really has no interest in finding common ground, I, I don't think it's a good practice to try to uh, just understand the other side. It has to be exactly. two ways. I'm not saying at all that those two sides are of equal value or equal worth in what they say, you know, but I'm saying that if you're not able to be um, genuine in the, your wish, that it's not worth pursuing. Um, there's another uh, aspect of uh, we building that I think is really important that's related to that question, which is, you know, when have you felt like a them? Most of us can think of a time when we felt like a them, um, maybe it was based on an aspect of our identity. So culture gaps are not only related to different nationalities or, you know, you don't have to have a different passport from someone else to have a different culture. So when your uh, experience of being an outsider is related to uh, something about your identity. For example, I remember in grade school, um, 
that there was a table where all the boys sat uh, for lunch. And I didn't like it. I, I thought it was kind of, I don't know. Right. And so I went and sat there one day. <laughs> it didn't work out too well. <laughs> Seemed to remember my lunch was ruined, but it was being female that made me an outsider. Now that was a passing situation, but when that uh, outsider status is related to something about your identity, then these are experiences we should draw on now when we are thinking about how to create we cultures in our world and think about how do I wish someone had behaved toward me? You know, it was grade school. I'm going to give those kids a break. They weren't the most mature, but I wish someone had scooched over and said, hey, have a seat. Um, so thinking about how we wish other people had responded to us is a really good way to think about being a we builder now in 2021. We builders are seeking connection. They deliberately take action to narrow a gap with somebody who might be new, who might be different in some way from the majority culture. Um, and if I can give you a super simple example um, that people kind of one of the biggest mistakes people make in the workplace um, has to do with diversity and how people from many different backgrounds are in the workplaces today in a way maybe they weren't 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And so the big mistake I see people making is not paying attention to names. When names are a little different, maybe they're spelled in a way you've never seen before, or it, it comes from a culture or a country, a language that's unfamiliar. Uh, what I've noticed is that people don't do the work to find out how to say that name. Now, if your name is Neil or Laura or Pearl or Jen, these are names we're probably going to show up on the you know, top 200 list for American culture. But when we are working with people who don't have names that show up on the top 200 most commonly used names, we builders pay attention to that and they take the time and they don't rush through it. They say, hey, I, I wanna make sure I'm saying your name correctly, is this right? And that is such a simple thing that people fail to do. Maybe they're embarrassed, um, they hesitate for one reason or another, but how do you begin to create a trusting relationship if you're not even sure how to say that person's name correctly? Any thoughts, Jen, on that so far? I can tell you, I learned years ago through Dale Carnegie, your name is the sweetest thing that's ever, it's gonna be heard on your ears, right? So that was the one thing and the, I, the coolest trick I learned was to, you know, Hi, Laura, you know, say their name again a couple of times. And like you said, Laura, if you don't understand it, ask them to, you know, repeat it, find a way to make them repeat their name and then visualize, like, like take a visualization of what that name is, right? So that's so important. I'm glad you addressed that, Laura, because your name is the sweetest thing. You were given that name for a reason. And, and Dale Carnegie was saying that, I don't know, 40 years ago, when in the workplace, most of the names were on the top 200 list. And so now today, you know, diversity has increased as it should in every organization in our country. 
And that's why it's more important for those people who are in the cultural majority. Um, you know, the cultural majority, uh, you know, in America is white people, uh, you know, in terms of leadership, who holds power, you know, any critical analysis of our governmental structures, business structures, you know, can reveals this. And that doesn't mean white people are bad. I'm white. Uh, you know, it, it, it just means that we're in the cultural majority. So we have an obligation. I call it being on the home team. When you're on the home team, what do you have? An advantage. And so we can use that advantage. For example, if we're um, in an organization here in the United States where most people speak English as their first language, um, then we have someone coming from a different country, you know, they're going to have to speak English in our workplace. But as someone on the home team, it's a we builder choice to make sure I'm saying that person's name correctly. And that's really important. One of the things that I've always done is find whoever, whether it's the cashier or the waiter, um, and to say their names, because being on the flip side of that, it always made my work go by faster if I know people are calling me by my name and respecting me as a human being. Mm -hmm. And especially with, within those type of simple jobs that are you know, very taxing on people. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that anything that we can do to help bring us together and bridge the gaps, mm -hmm. not just in work, but in society as a whole. That's what I love about gratitude because gratitude completely goes along. Which I'm gonna talk about in a minute. And the third step is actual uh, action planning. You know, what are you actually going to do? But this idea of um, assessing yourself, there are 10 critical questions in my book. I call this the us versus them assessment. And it's done by choosing a them group. So Jen, you mentioned the, like the younger generation. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people my age who are kind of perplexed by the younger generation. Oh, they're on their phones all the time. They don't use cash anymore. You know, all these things. They, they're on social media more than, you know, books. Um, and so rather than feeling intimidated by this, someone my age, could use the us versus them assessment, these 10 simple questions to challenge my own level of interaction with people from that culture, that generational culture. So generation can be the definition of a, a culture gap. See that's and so rather than feeling you know, fearful or intimidated, we actually, uh, answer these 10 questions. The, the first question is, you know, have you ever, um, have you ever had a small talk conversation with someone from this culture? Okay. It's a pretty easy question, um, but it gets more and more in depth. And what these questions do is provide, a, it's a measuring tool for any person to get some little understanding in kind of, um, a clear understanding, um, a single measurement of their level of inter interaction and understanding of this other culture. It's not the only way to measure, it's just one. It's like stepping on a scale when you wanna lose weight. 
Now, Laura, when you're talking about, you know, the specifics of this, it's really important that I have a very diverse group of people I work with on a regular basis, from my radio network to clients I work with to employees I have, or I guess workers I have, and to understand and really meet them to their, who they are. And forget about, you know, maybe my understanding. So relating to different people and relating them based on common ground, based on specific things and actions. What about people that are not used to interacting with diverse groups of people and they need to now? What recommendations do you have so that you can learn more about them without having those kind of misconceptions like, well, oh, they're always on their phones. Not understanding that mm-hmm. if we would go on our phones, if we weren't that technologically advanced we're not too intelligent and they're really doing a lot of things that we could never do. So what do you recommend people to learn more about who that person is so that they can work better with them and understand them? more? I believe that face-to-face interactions of increasing depth are the solution to building your understanding and your trust and your relationship with any person who is different from you are. And that can start even now in our virtual situation. Um, right, and the political having, thing is the scariest, Laura. Sorry, could you the, say political, that again? the political end is the most scariest out of all of them without really talking politics in the show in this way. The scariest thing is based on someone's misconception of somebody else, mm-hmm. it ruins that they won't even have that relationship, which is scary, especially mm-hmm. when the, we all go back to work in some environments even if it's not virtual anymore in the next six months, mm-hmm. how are people not going to have those arguments or different things based on what's happened? In my experience, when there are huge divides, one of the most important things is having a concrete problem to solve together. A concrete problem that everyone agrees is something that needs to be fixed. And when that's a business problem, it helps people rally around the common goal of the business being successful. But it, it doesn't have to be just a business. Uh, our, our, our situation with uh, COVID is an ex- extreme example of how our us versus them dynamics have really weakened our ability to respond. This yes. should not be a situation where we are saying mask versus no mask. Th- yeah. This is a simple, tug of war humans on one side a virus on the other that's all it should be people people can't think of that simplistically and so i think laura at the end of the day that your book can be a manual and i'm gonna let jen go to the next question your book can be a manual for how human resource people can handle the work relationship situation so it doesn't become like the office, meaning the show, meaning that's the worst way you want as a human resources director to be running an office or a boss. So watch the office say, don't do those things. Well, that's how a lot of offices are and they can't be in the 21st century. So go John, the next question. No, my, my thing when it comes to the masks and I really wanna weigh in on this because I just realized my epiphany of today the reason there's, it's on the rise is because no one's wearing the right mask. There's too many blinged out masks. Masks now are for comfort. They're not for protection. They're for status. And we've lost what happened in the beginning of wearing that N95 mask to mm-hmm. keep us protected. We're not wearing anything on our eyes. 
I'm sanitizing elevators and at my building. And it, it, there's just, there's a lot that we're missing on that part of it. So that's my two cents. What are some trends that you're seeing and that you're seeing with, within the book of we and where we are in society for 2021? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Jen, when I work with organizations, what I find is really inspiring, which is this. Most people I'm encountering want to make things better. They want things to improve. And when given an opportunity to step up, to um, reach out to someone else, they do it and they do it quite happily. And this is where I think the business side of the business of we is really important. Um, finding ways to uh, inspire people to take action is, is critical. You know, we all would love to lose weight or uh, be better on social media or what, whatever it is. There are things we want to be better at, but it's hard to change. It's really hard to change your, your patterns. But when you do it in a group, when a company or a group, um, a department works together, the likelihood of success is so much more. So, so when we have um, the company providing opportunities, I call them we building opportunities. So that could be something social, right? These are things that happen all the time in businesses. But when the company has a cocktail party or an outing, what happens? People who know each other hang out with people who know each other. So we building is a kind of umbrella excuse and nudge to say, hey, this is a we building gathering, which yeah. means don't go sit with the same people. Purposely, deliberately go outside of your comfort zone so that we as an organization can have better trust and better relationships because we as an organization are going to be more productive and successful. We'll have fewer complaints. We'll have fewer costs related to um, maybe legal issues or things like that, compliance, when people step up on their own. So that's the thing I find really encouraging is that when provided an opportunity, most people, I would say 90, 98% of the people are willing and able to engage in the we building work. That's great. It's funny, Laura, you talk about that. This past Saturday, um, here where we live in the Tampa area, there's a, I live in Brandon and I'm part of the leadership Brandon. And it's different businesses coming together for community and learning, right? And learning leadership skills over the next nine months. Well, on Saturday, we were outside in the cold, cold for Florida, and we had to do activities, but we couldn't speak. We were not allowed to speak for the activities. We had to bring a hula hoop from way up here down to the ground. We had to stand on stumps and put ourselves in um, birthday order and we couldn't speak. We had to do not just the month, but the day, right? So it was really cool to watch all that come together and then starting to learn like people's personality, like, you know, Jen may be a more direct person, so she may not want me to talk to her, you know, she wants to talk to her more directly or I can tell you I'm, I'm on the disc profile, I'm an IS. I want to be fun, enthusiastic, let's all just get along, right? So it was really cool to watch all of our personalities come together. But when we did the hula hoop, they put us in two different groups. And my, our group, we got it done like no problem, got it all done. But we realized we were all like with the same personality. So we all meshed together really well. When they saw that the people doing the class, they mixed us up. It was crazy how we all did it at the same time. Like it was like that kind of that, that we concept, like you're talking about, bring us together, 
finding out what works. And I love the, I'm always outside the box. If I see somebody sitting in the corner, not talking to me, that's where I'm going. Like I already know Neil, I already know Jen, I know Laura, let me go over here. I love that. I think, I think we more need more of that, not just in our workplace, but just in social period, you know, there's so much exactly. happening and everything. So I think that's a great concept. And one of the things I'm seeing the business of we and networking is through Clubhouse. And I'm not getting paid for this, but ultimately at the end of the day, you wouldn't believe diverse people of different backgrounds all interacting together and networking for a common goal to help their overall brand of their business is happening on Clubhouse. So uh, I mean, like for example, where there are people in their 20s and 30s talking to me or vice versa. And just, it's just a great thing. And I think that wish we all can get along like that. So what is the ultimate goal of your book, Laura? I, I think for sure, if you've not told us what you do, but I think this book is a definite manual for different HBAR organizations and different things to kind of take a checklist to see where they're at as an organization. But what is your ultimate goal with the book? Well, Neil, I have a simple goal, which is to create a we building revolution that inspires people to take action to create a safer, more welcoming and productive world. But I, like I cannot that's, that's, do this that's alone. Perfect, perfect mission statement. I love it. That's exactly <laughs> it. So how do you create that we revolution? What do you envision as a, you know, as a person thinking branding and things like that? Where do you envision with this? I think it starts with individuals looking inward and thinking um, about their own choices in life. I have been engaged in this process in relation to many cultural groups um, and really being honest with my own choices and the way I've, I live and thinking about what alterations to those choices I can make to make it both more diverse and more inclusive, like actively inclusive, more than just proximity to people who are different than me, but building resilient relationships that um, can be transformative. So what I often do is, if I'm working with individuals, I will talk to them about what are the kind of other groups, the them groups that are relevant to their lives. And I ask them to take the us versus them assessment and then build an, uh, an action plan. Um, when I'm working with organizations, which is primarily what I do, we think about a, a we building campaign, how to build a we building campaign. I do not have a um, one size fits all approach. Okay. And I genuinely believe that organizations themselves have almost everything they all need. They have almost everything they need already that to increase the inclusion, they don't have to spend any money because what you really need and what has been missing in the American corporate experience is going back to that genuine interest and then honesty, honesty to reflect on your own choices and be willing to engage in conversations, uh, relationship building that you've not done in the past. So when organizations are open and want to uh, engage in this, I advise them on building a we building campaign. Sometimes I go in and do exercises somewhat like Pearl is describing. One day I hope to be back to that. I haven't done it for almost a year <laughs> now, but there's so many things that can be done now, even when we are working from home, uh, taking the assessment, 
reading, learning about another cultural group. These are ideal uh, actions to take now. In fact, I talk about three categories of action, safe, challenging, and radical. And safe actions are things you do in private. You There's no vulnerability uh, required. And, and these are great uh, choices for now that I hope people will take. Okay, fantastic. All right, Jen, we're getting close to closing it out. I know you have your favorite question to ask our, our guest, and then we could go right into the final. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Laura. I love the fact that you want to change the world too, because I believe everybody has gifts in their life. And when you open one, there's another one waiting. And some of the gifts are actually not within us, but through other people. So I really hope that your way of thinking and writing transcends into the world so that we can make it a better place and we can bring people together so that it's not an us versus we mentality. One of the things I always ask our guests is, what was your gratitude moment in coming up with this? Did you have uh, along your journey a gratitude aha moment? Hmm, that's such a good question. I don't know if there was one single moment that I can recall, but I have had many gratitude moments when I have been the them. I lived and worked in Japan for many years and I was, and, and I, I wrote a book wow. years ago called The Accidental Office Lady about being the first American woman to work in Honda Motor Company's Tokyo headquarters. And I was one American woman working among thousands of Japanese wow. people. And many of them welcomed me actively. It was we building before I knew to call it we building. And I would say when I have been the outsider and others have uh, treated me in the ways that I'm hoping we all can start treating each other, um, that's a kind of general, but that's my gratitude um, moment. I love that. Interesting. You ever see the movie Gung Ho? If I'm aging myself a bit at 48, that with uh, Michael Keaton, right? Yep. It's so funny. Yes. I was a fan of that movie. When did that come out? And that's sort of my age too, you know. Oh, I know that movie. He's I'm, still my favorite I'm, Batman. I'm, I'm 48. So gung-ho, I don't know how many years ago, but I liked it. It was funny. <laughs> but, you know, probably because I was a fan of, that was before Batman, Keaton. That was Batman. It was before Mom. Batman. It was right after Mr. Mom. <laughs> and I was a huge Mr. Mom fan. Ah. I got to interview Michael Keaton. That's got to be on my list of others. Oh, oh, dude, dude, I'll, I will tackle you. I will tackle you. <laughs> Let's see when there's a, when there's red carpet. I'll end up having it. Okay, Jen, we'll close it out. But what a great show today. Go ahead, Jen, with the final. I am so, I, you got me cracking up, man. Every time I take my kids to the grocery store, when they were little, I'm like, Oop, er, clean up aisle seven. Cause there'd be stuff everywhere all <laughs> over the place. Um, Gosh, don't, we just went off the rails a little bit. Sorry guys. Um, so Pearl, I'd like to say thank you for being with us today. Laura, thank you for being us today. And Neil, I always appreciate uh, my team and I love you all so much. And for you, for everyone that's listening, we have been listening and sharing some time with Laura Krishna with the business. Kriska, of Kriska. 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 See, Kriska. Jen's looking at a 
the teleprompter, she messes up K's. I, I don't know what it is. I mess up K's. I don't even know what's going on. It's 2020. So don't like, worry, we got to edit that again. So go with another take. Go ahead, Jen. With your Thank you. <laughs> well, I like the, the bl bloopers. We have been listening and sharing um, some ideas with Laura Kriska with the business of we and the process, the three-step process of closing the, the gap between us and them and your workplace and in your world. Um, thank you so much, Laura, for being with us, for changing the world with your ideas and for being with us on a show. Where can they find your information? At laurakriska.com. And the book is available online at many uh, retailers. Awesome. Great Perfect. information for so sure. Much. And uh, I tell you, like I said, this is the book that should be in every human resources person's hands. So uh, definitely uh, people need to check it out. And I think you give such great information for our listeners and viewers. And thanks again. And Jen, you can close it out. It is so relevant to our time and everything that we're going through right now. So thank you, Laura, Kriska, um, in the business of we. You've been listening to Your Beautiful Day on the Gratitude Radio Network. I am the mother of gratitude. I wish you a beautiful day. And remember, you are blessed, you are loved, and you are sacred. Mwah. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security video since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show.
celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.